Hi, this is Rick Warren, and welcome to Daily Hope. Did you know that when God looks at you, he doesn't go, oh no, I created that person? You gotta be kidding. What was I thinking? No, God never thinks that way. In fact, when God looks at you, he sees you as his treasured possession. Nobody values you more than God. I mean, nobody. God says in Isaiah 43, 4, you're precious to me. And in Deuteronomy 7, 6, he says, you are a people holy to the Lord your God, his treasured possessions. So we're going to look at that today, how valuable you are to God. And I'm glad you're with us. Let's get started. Today on Daily Hope with Rick Warren, we continue in a very popular series taught recently at Saddleback Church in Southern California. It's on surviving relationships God's way, and it's called You Make Me Crazy. So whether you know a crazy maker or you are a crazy maker, this series is definitely for you. This is part three of a message called Resolving Conflict, and it's taken from various portions of Scripture. And now, Pastor Rick. How do you break a relational logjam? You may be in one right now. It's always the same way, humility. You take the first move and humility breaks the logjam. Let me tell you a sentence that'll break any relational logjam. I'm sorry, I was only thinking of myself. (coughs) What did you say? Don't ask me to say it again. What, What did you say? I said, I'm sorry, I was only thinking of myself. You say that, it will break any relational logjam. I guarantee it. Before honor is humility. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Pastor Tom's gonna come and teach the next two steps. So here's the third thing you do when you're resolving a conflict. You listen for the hurt. You listen for the hurt. There's a phrase that Pastor Rick's taught us over the years that our kids actually have heard often enough that they use it as a cliche with us at appropriate times. It is the sentence, hurt people hurt people. When I get hurt, when you get hurt, we hurt the people in our lives. If someone's hurting you, I will guarantee you it's because someone's hurt them. It may be you that's hurt them, it may be somebody else that's hurt them, but someone has hurt them, that's why they're hurting you. So you have to listen for the hurt in the midst of the conflict. And it doesn't matter if it's marriage or the marketplace or the Middle East, when people feel fearful or they feel robbed of their dignity, when they feel afraid, out of that fear comes hurt and out of that hurt comes conflict. Number four, the fourth thing you do is you consider their perspective. Consider the way they're looking at it, look at their viewpoint. You have this moment when you intentionally shift your focus from your needs, your point, you winning the argument, to their needs. You try to get their perspective on the issue. The Bible says this in Philippians 2, 4, and 5. Here's how we see from another person's perspective. Each of you should look out not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. It's that old Chinese proverb, you seek first to understand before you seek to be understood. How do you do this? How do you consider another person's perspective? Well, there's an important word in that verse. Each of you should look 
not only for your own perspective, but the other person's. That word look is the Greek word skopos, like you scope something out, a microscope or a telescope. You scope out, you focus in on their perspective. You realize that you are most like Christ when you pay attention to other people's needs. Now, how do you do that? How do you really do that? How do you, how do you start noticing others' needs instead of always needing other people's notice? I don't know about you. I'm not that altruistic. I've got needs too. That's what I think. What about my needs in the middle of this? You might just jot down a Bible verse in the corner of your outline. Psalm 139 verse 3. One, Psalm 139 verse 3 says of God, God, you notice everything I do and you know everywhere I go. The way you do this is you realize there's a God in heaven, there's a Father in heaven who is there to notice and to take care of every one of your needs. You're not in this alone. He takes care of my needs so I can help with your needs. If you are expecting some other human being, whether it's a a wife or a husband or one of your kids or somebody at work, if you're expecting another human being to take care of all your needs, of course you're going to have conflict. They're as imperfect as you are. They can't do it. But when, when you recognize there is a God in heaven who is willing to meet the needs of your life, all of a sudden you have this new freedom because you know he's going to meet your needs. You have this new freedom to begin to look out and to consider the needs of other people in your life. Now the fifth step is very important. Tell the truth tactfully. In this peace conference that you're having with this person that you're in conflict with, you tell the truth Tactfully. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, speak the truth in love. It may be the truth, but if I'm not speaking it in love, I'm on the wrong side. You never use truth as a club. It may be true, but you don't use truth to beat people over the head. That's, that's only allowed on the internet. People do that on the internet all the time. Beat people over the head with truth. Don't do that. You tell the truth tactfully. Proverbs 12 verse 18 says this. Reckless words, that's the kind you say in an argument that you weren't thinking through. Reckless words pierce like a sword, and you've all been pierced by reckless words by people in your life. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. In other words, foolish words hurt, wise words heal, and it's my choice. You never get your point across by being cross. You are never persuasive when you are abrasive. You tell the truth tactfully. If you don't tell it tactfully, it's not going to be received. Truth without love is resisted. Truth wrapped in love is received. People grow faster. People change faster. People change easier when truth is wrapped in love. People must trust you before you can tell them the truth. And they learn to trust you by proving that you love them, that you accept them. And when you prove that, then you can say things that you couldn't normally say, but you have to love them before you tell them the truth. Ephesians 4, 29. Do not use harmful words. Well, in that case, a lot of us wouldn't have a whole lot to say. Do not use harmful words, but use only helpful words, the kind that build up and provide what is needed. So when I'm in this conversation with this person I'm in conflict with, the first thing I say is now, is what about what I'm about to say? Is it going to be helpful to them or is it going to be hurtful to them? Is it going to build them up or is it going to tear them down? Is it persuasive or is it abrasive? And what I'm saying is, This skill is learning to attack the problem rather than attacking the person. 
Most of us never learn that. And so we go through arguments and we go through conflict attacking the person, not the problem. If you want to see an example of this, just look at political ads. They always attack the person, not the policy. They attack the person. So you learn to attack the issue without attacking each other. Now, related to that is number six. Fix the problem, not the blame. Now, you only have a certain amount of emotional energy. And in a conversation where you're trying to resolve a conflict, you can either use that energy to fix the blame or you can use that energy to fix the problem. You don't have enough energy to do both. So you've got to ask yourself, what's more important to me, to blame them or to resolve this conflict? Fix the problem, not the blame. How many times have you heard me say the way you spell blame is be lame? Anytime you blame, you are being lame. Leaders that blame are being lame. That's how you spell blame. So you, you fix the problem, not the blame. Now, related to this is establishing some ground rules of words that you're just not going to use. If you're a young couple, I highly recommend that you establish some ground rules for fighting fair in your marriage and you follow them your entire marriage. Actually, it's never too late to do this. But there's some things you should never, never, never say in a marriage. They're WMDs, they're weapons of mass destruction. You know, during the Cold War, when Russia and America was at each other's throats and for 50 years, America had thousands of intercontinental ballistic missiles aimed at Russia. We could explode the entire nation. They had thousands of intercontinental ballistic missiles aimed at us and could destroy America like that. And even when we were at the worst point in the Cold War and there was enormous tension, both sides still had enough sanity to say, you know, there's some weapons we just aren't going to use because they're MAD, M-A-D, Mutually Assured Destruction. You use those, we're gonna use ours, and we're gonna destroy each other, and there's not gonna be any countries left. So even when we were totally on opposite sides of an issue, we could at least agree, we're not gonna use these weapons, these WMDs, weapons of mass destruction. We're just not gonna use them. There are some weapons of mass destruction that should never be used in your marriage, like threatening divorce. That's a weapon of mass destruction. Like threatening to walk out, that's a WMD. Like bringing up somebody's parents, that's a WMD. On a, there are certain things you just say, we're not gonna use these. No matter how mad we get at each other, no matter how upset we are with each other, no matter how hurt or frustrated or angry we are, we're just not gonna use these. They're off limit because they destroy the relationship. They certainly aren't gonna build it. All they're gonna do is tear down trust. That's Pastor Rick Warren with just a portion of today's message called Resolving Conflict. It's from the series You Make Me Crazy. We'll continue with more in just a moment. But first, you might not know this, but there's a whole lot more to Rick Warren than his best-selling Purpose Driven Life book. In fact, rickwarren.org is packed with resources taken from Pastor Rick's 30-plus years of preaching and teaching. This includes CDs, DVDs, free streaming sermons, Bible studies, small group resources, and much more. And it's all there at rickwarren.org. Also, you can request prayer 
Find out what it means to trust your life to Christ and sign up for Pastor Rick's free daily email devotional. So, visit us online today at rickwarren.org. There's more daily hope with Pastor Rick in just a moment. Admit it. You probably have a relationship that could drive you crazy if you let it. Whether it's a boyfriend, a girlfriend, spouse, sibling, parent, co-worker, or that crazy relative you see once a year at Thanksgiving, a crazy maker can really make life difficult. That's why you need the You Make Me Crazy Study Kit. In this six-part DVD series and study guide, Rick Warren brings sanity to your relationships so you can do more than just coexist and survive. You can thrive. Rick shows you in this powerful DVD series and study guide how to be wise in relationships, how to recognize who's pushing your buttons, how to resolve conflict, how to break free from abuse, how to escape the people-pleaser trap, and how to keep the crazy makers from making you crazy. The You Make Me Crazy study kit is perfect for you, your family, or small group. So request yours today. It's our gift to thank you for your donation to support this Daily Hope broadcast. Call 800-600-5004 to request the You Make Me Crazy study kit today. Call 800-600-5004. Once again, here's Rick. Now the Bible is very, very specific about what's out of bounds. Let me just give you one example. Colossians 3.8. You must rid yourself. Notice this isn't optional. You can't use these. You must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, it's actually angry rage, malice and slander, and filthy language from your lips. Those aren't allowed. Sorry, they're not allowed. They're weapons of mass destruction. Now, angry rage, what does that mean? It means no matter how mad you get, you do not try to intimidate with anger. Angry rage. You do not try to threaten people into doing the right thing. It doesn't work. It says you don't use malice and slander. What is malicious? What are malicious words? They're words that are designed to hurt. There's certain things you know you can say that will hurt that person. And you know them very well, you push their buttons. There's certain things you can hurt, you can damage, you can wound, you can destroy. He says, that's off limits, that's a weapon of mass destruction. You're not allowed to do that no matter how angry you get. Malice, no malice, no malicious words, no slander, what's slander? No insults, no slurs. No calling people dirty names, nasty names. No labeling, no belittling. Belittling is about as low as you can go as a human being. Little people belittle people. When you belittle someone, you are showing how tiny your heart is. Only little people belittle people. Great people make people feel great. So when you belittle, your partner, your spouse, your kids, you're showing how little you are, not how little they are. You're showing how little you are. Number seven. Oh, no, let me give you one more verse. Romans 14, 13. Let us stop passing judgment on one another and instead make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. The reason why we fix the problem, not the blame, is because blaming is a form of judging, and only God has the right to judge. You're not the judge. You don't know motivation. You can't figure out anybody else's motivation. Shoot, you don't know your own motivation most of the time. So how in the world could you think you could know anybody else's? You don't know why anybody does why they do. You don't know that. Only God does. God is a judge, so don't blame. Now, number seven, focus on reconciliation, not 
resolution. Focus on reconciliation, not resolution. There's a big difference here. Reconciliation means reestablishing the relationship. Resolution means resolving every issue. We no longer have any disagreement. We no longer have any problems. That second one isn't going to happen because some things you're never going to agree on. There is nobody on this planet who agrees with you about everything. Nobody. There is no one on this planet who will agree with you about everything. Nobody. So you're never going to have resolution on all your issues. The fact is we're all different. We have different personalities. Uh, Have you noticed this? Men and women are different. Anybody noticed that one? Yeah. Okay. So we're not always going to agree on stuff. Ages differ. Personalities differ. You're never going to find anybody who agrees with you on everything. So give that one up. Can you have a loving relationship without agreeing on everything? Of course you can. You can have reconciliation without resolution of every issue because some things you're just going to always disagree on. If you learn to disagree without being disagreeable, that's called wisdom. If you learn to have unity without uniformity, that's called wisdom. If you learn to walk hand in hand without having to see eye to eye, that's called wisdom. So you don't have to agree on every issue to come to a reconciliation. By the way, if you focus on the relationship, not the issues, you're going to find that some of the issues you're arguing over just aren't that important. As Tom said, that pastor said yesterday, some things just aren't worth arguing about. I distinctly remembering to forget them. And you need to do that. There's some things that are never going to change in your wife, in your husband, in your parent, in your child that just aren't ever going to change. You need to let it go. You just need to let it go. And you need to say, I'm going to focus on the positive, not the negative. Because they just aren't going to change. And you're certainly not going to change them by attacking them on it. As your pastor who loves you, I want to challenge you That's people at Saddleback Church family that in a world that is filled with conflict, I mean, it's everywhere. Where there's disagreements, where there's war, where there's conflict, where there's prejudice, racial prejudice, where there is envy, where there are tribes, there's groups, there's division, there's politics and partisanship, and where everything in the world tends to divide, I challenge this church, challenge you to become an agent of reconciliation. One of the greatest things you can do with your life is be a bridge builder, not a wall builder. Because everybody else is building walls. And and, and you are most like Jesus Christ when you are reconciling people. You are most like Jesus when you're building bridges, not walls. That's exactly what Jesus came to do. He's the great reconciler. God sent Jesus to earth to reconcile us because you know what? We are in conflict with God. I don't know if you realize this, but until you accept Christ into your life and you get in God's plan, you're in rebellion. You're saying, God, I want to run my life my way. I want to do my thing. I'm going to thud my nose to God. And I'm in rebellion against God. So what did God do? He takes the initiative. 
He doesn't wait to come to me. He sends Jesus to come for me and to die on the cross for me. Before I even knew what the problem was, he sends Jesus to die for me. He takes the first step. And he looks at us and he says, I've come to reconcile you to God. And that's my prayer that you'll become that kind of person. It's not by accident that the first letter in Saddleback's peace plan is P, promote reconciliation by planting churches. Because the world is filled with conflict. And you are most like Christ as an agent of restoration and reconciliation. Jesus said it like this, Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, not peace lovers. A lot of people love peace. A lot of peace lovers in the world. Very few peacemakers. You be not a peace lover. You be a peacemaker. That means you take these steps and you use them and you teach them to others and you become an agent of reconciliation. That's Rick Warren with Daily Hope. In a moment, he'll share an encouraging closing thought with you. But first, don't forget to visit us online at rickwarren.org. Wondering what it takes to have a better marriage? Wanting to learn to dig deep into God's Word? Wishing you could find the healing for your hurts, habits, and hang-ups? Get what you need when you visit the online store at rickwarren.org. You can also request prayer or sign up for Pastor Rick's free daily email devotional. So visit rickwarren.org today. Now before Rick's closing thought, you wouldn't be human if there wasn't at least one relationship in your life that drives you crazy. Maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend. It could be a spouse or parent, co-worker or neighbor. Or maybe it's that nutty aunt who you only see once a year. But whoever the crazies are in your life, they have the potential to really bring you down and distract you from the life God wants for you. That's why Pastor Rick wants to send you his six-part DVD series and study guide called The You Make Me Crazy Study Kit. This was a very popular Bible study at Saddleback Church. It gives you the practical tools to survive difficult relationships God's way. It's his gift to thank you for your donation to support this Daily Hope broadcast. You might have heard us say before that Daily Hope is a 100% listener-funded broadcast, which is why your financial support is so vital. So call to give today and let us say thanks by sending you Rick's six-part DVD series and study guide, the You Make Me Crazy Study Kit, and get started on improving your tough relationships today. Call us at 800-600-5004. That's 800-600-5004. When you call, consider chipping in just a little extra to help keep Daily Hope on this station. And now, here's Rick with a final note of encouragement. You cannot make peace with other people, really, until you make peace with God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.5, there's only one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus. And that's the starting point. You need to get peace in your heart by letting the Prince of Peace inside of you. You can only have peace with others until there's peace of God in you. And you only get the peace of God in you until you have peace with God. Have you ever done that? If you haven't, I challenge you to pray this prayer with me right now. Dear God, you know the conflicts in my life. And I'm so tired of the war going on inside of me. I want to make peace. I want to make peace with you so I can have your peace in my life. And then I can offer that peace to others. 
By faith today, Jesus Christ, I accept what you did for me on the cross, making peace with God for me. And I open my life to you as best I know how. Fill my life, Jesus, with love, not anger, and with patience and joy and peace. I want to be a peaceful person, and I want you in my life. I pray this in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you let me know about it? You can email me, rick at rickwarren.org, and you can learn more about making peace with God at my website, rickwarren.org. Thanks for listening today. I'd love to hear from you. And join me next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and listeners like you.